1: And on tonight's episode of Adult Bedtime Stories, we'll be covering corporal punishment. One of my favorites. (laughs) But before we get into corporal punishment, I thought it'd be a good idea to read a piece I wrote called A Celebration of Submissives. As I am such a sadist, I require a submissive to need punishment and pain, have a deep need to worship their mistress. They must have a need to serve and provide services as I command. Be eager to follow my orders and commands to the letter. They must have a desire for training and are excited to perform challenging exercises for personal growth and development as I guide them. They must be into sexual servitude, eager to learn tantric sexual skills. They must desire receiving genital torture. They must be willing to confess their sexual secret desires. They must become open and vulnerable, at an intensely intimate level with their mistress. I write this for the submissives who have served me in the past, the present, and those who will serve me in the future. I celebrate your primal needs and desires for pain, torture, providing service, worship, and devotion, For your dedication to your mistress. As we go into our scenes, you must be willing to go through a psychosexual interrogation to walk on the dark path of sexuality. Submissives of my past, present, and future must celebrate our symbiotic relationship. We feed on each other, Fulfilling each other's needs, you needing punishment and pain, me fulfilling my needs as a sadist to give you that punishment and pain, you have spent hours performing the preparation exercises I ordered you to perform, you showed up for our sessions, horny, receptive, and in the headspace to suffer at my hand, both physically and psychologically. With my direction, you have faced sexual taboos, fears, and naked examinations. (laughs) You showed up for your evaluation and examination. You faced shame and guilt, confessing your deepest secrets. You knelt at the altar of my body, in humble submission and devotion to your hermaphrodite goddess. You worship your mistress's clittycock, realizing both the feminine and the masculine mysteries contained within your goddess. You thrived in the passions of the sadist and masochist dance of torture. We bonded and forged the connection Only a submissive and a dominant can know. I gave you the discipline you need. I taught you how to embrace pain. To not fight pain, but breathe it in. You learn how pain purifies and transforms your soul. The pain that comes from your mistress. At my order, you gave me control of your basic needs. I brought tears within your eyes, I marked you with my scent, I brought you sweet tortures, sexual pleasures without release for hours. I relish in your tormented pleas for me to allow you to come, watching you squirm, aching for orgasm, and still I did not allow I love the dark forbidden sexual rituals we performed, feeding on your torment and pain, watching you writhe and moan. Then the reward for services that you provided with devotion and service. I bring you pleasures of the flesh and command you to fly in sexual ecstasy as I mix pleasure with pain. I am the shaman that guides you in your flight into subspace. And after you are spent, I nurture you, feeding energy from my breast as you suckle. I feed you comfort food and order you to drink. In silence, we ride the waves of intense scene afterglow. For all this, I celebrate some misses.
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Ah, you've got quite a smile on your face, Paul. Yes, and I yes. have Paul with me tonight. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think? I don't oh. think you've heard that one before
2: i I haven't, but i've I've heard a lot of parts of it just not composed the the same way. Ah <laughs> a lot of the things that you that you wrote in that piece to be true because I've experienced pretty much every one of those things with you. And it's it's been an it's been an incredible ride.
1: Ah yes. And I've had many submissives in the past that have gone through these trials.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I like doing the when I'm a dominant, I like taking a submissive on a quest. Mm-hmm. Chal- with many challenges and many opportunities for growth. <laughs> mm. Let's get into corporal punishment. Because I just love giving a good spanking.
2: <laughs> I know. Spankings
1: and using paddles have been a traditional form of punishment for bad boys and girls. Were you ordered to go out and pick a switch from a tree when you were a child? With the use of corporal punishment in a BDSM scene, Childhood memories can be invoked in your submissive if they received spankings when they were a child. Corporal punishment can be used in a variety of role-playing scenes. When used effectively, corporal punishment is an effective means of punishment. On a psychosexual level, a spanking does stimulate the butt as well as sending vibrations into the genital area. While it may not register at a conscious level, a spanking does provide erotic stimulation as well as pain. <laughs> In addition, corporal punishment can have an element of humiliation, especially if the submissive experienced spankings after they got caught being bad as a child. To add erotic and sexual undertones to a good spanking, order your submissive to drop their pants or shorts or skirt and give them a bare-bottom spanking. Bending the submissive over your lap with their bare ass in full view will add even more erotic and sexual undertones to the corporal punishment. As you spank the submissive in this position, they will grind their pubic area into your legs with each swat, especially when you start swatting harder. (laughs) And I like to read that little introduction into corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. It's so delicious.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I think that corporal punishment is a really good method for modifying future behavior, because it does tap into the experience that a lot of us had as children at getting punished. But I I think when it's done in a BDSM scene, uh, it has a greater ability to really change you in the core of who you are, because when you're a kid and you fear a spanking from your parents, you stop doing the, the like, the actions because you fear the punishment. But in BDSM, you, most of the time, like, like, I know I enjoy pain. So it's not that you change your behavior because you fear the punishment as much as it is using it as a tool to reinforce a change that you are trying to make in yourself.
1: Yeah, and that's so amazing because punishment in a BDSM scene is a little different, but you can often tap into some of those early childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. which makes it even more potent. Before we go too much into corporal punishment, I would like to cover some of the safety issues. One should only strike fleshy areas of the body. Do not strike areas where bones are present or near the surface of the skin. The butt and the back of the thighs are great areas to strike with the paddle. If the submissive is restrained, check their circulation periodically throughout the corporal punishment session. Make sure that your submissive is in a secure position to reduce the risk of falling or stumbling. After a corporal punishment session, provide assistance to the submissive when taking them out of the play area. This is especially important for intense, heavy spanking sessions and for lengthy sessions. As with any BDSM scene, provide adequate time for a warm-up in a cool-down as part of the scene. If any skin is abraded or has welts from the corporal punishment session, apply antibiotic ointment to the afflicted areas to prevent infections and promote healing. So, any safety tips that you have, Paul?
2: Um... I think, well, one thing that's important in all of BDSM is to have safe words and to make sure that both the DOM and the sub are on the same page with the various safe words and what they mean. The most common ones are red, yellow, green. I know in our scenes we use another one, which is orange, which means that the... Intensity is good, but the you either need to move around or you need to change up what you're doing, um, which I think is a, a very good addendum to the the standard red, yellow, green. And um, the red means red means that the that you want it to stop, that you want the scene to end yellow is more of a cool down. It's not like I, I need this the scene to end, but you know, you need a break for it a, a little bit. And then Or
1: just to lighten up.
2: Or just to lighten up, exactly. And green means harder, faster, stronger. Good to go. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think one thing I'd like to add to all that is that for any BDSM scene it's important to do a full negotiation with your submissive before the scene, especially if it's a submissive you haven't played with a whole lot or aren't real familiar with. Mm-hmm. I'd like to cover some of the, some other things here. On a psychological level of dominance, have your submissive kiss the paddle or perform other rituals that you determine. Before you begin the session, order them to kneel in front of you as they kiss the paddle. This will add to your standing as the dominant and places the submissive in a role of servitude. (laughs) When utilizing corporal punishment, it's a good idea to start light and slowly build up, especially during a good warm-up. By omitting the warm-up, the body's not ready to receive heavy play. And part of what makes BDSM so amazing is that once we warm someone up, the body starts releasing endorphins and other good chemicals. And that's what helps the submissive fly in subspace. Part of the warm-up process is to help start the release of these endorphins and chemicals so that they can fly. And I tell people this a lot. It's like I don't like pain, and you know I'm a switch. Mm-hmm. There's times when I'm into submissive mood, and mm-hmm. I like receiving pain too. But it's not just your regular type of pain. Mm-hmm. It's like when my when I stub my toe, it fucking hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I curse, I scream. <laughs> it's not. The kind of pain I like. Mm -hmm. But when I get into a BDSM scene, it's an erotic pain. Mm -hmm. There's erotic undertones. Sometimes they're very subtle, like, for instance, flogging or just paddling someone. Mm -hmm. It's not overtly erotic, but it can be very erotic Mm -hmm. at a very subtle level. I think that's part of what adds to that Amazing transformation. I know that when I get into flying in subspace, an interesting thing happens. The pain's still kind of there in the background, but I start flying in ecstasy.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I I know for for me, one of the the things that helps that makes the pain that happens during BDSM scene and especially uh, a punishment scene is a lot of times when you do a punishment you let the sub know you let the sub know that you know the punishment is coming it's not that they did something wrong and then there's a swift reaction and the next thing they know they're being punished they know that this is coming. They have time to build themselves up mentally for it, which I think makes a huge difference, which, you know, makes it a good tool. And again, not something that they fear, but instead, like, accept inside of themselves. And I think that's very important. And
1: it's not like we get into a scene and just go hard and heavy the entire time. Mm -hmm. In fact, from time to time, it's a good idea to rub the afflicted area with your paddle or hand. Mm -hmm. I love using my fingernails to softly stroke on their reddened flesh. It can add a richness to the submissive's experience. Periodically throughout a scene, I'm constantly reminding the submissive to take deep breaths every so often. Many submissives tend to tense their muscles when they're being spanked. So often I'll come to a stop for a moment and I'll command them to relax their muscles when I notice them tensing up. And then I can, once they're relaxed, I can deliver another hard blood. (laughs) It's the sightest in me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And one thing I like to do sometimes is what I call a fake out. Mm-hmm. I go, "Okay, are you ready to take some really hard ones for me?" And I rear my hand back as if I'm about to really give them a hard blow with the paddle, and I come in and just barely tap it <laughs> <laughs> that ass. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And when they're expecting a hard blow and you just give them a light tap, it really does something with the Mm (laughs) headspace any thoughts you've got quite the smile on your face
2: (laughs) yeah i'm just reliving some good times with the with the fake out like it i know one of the things that uh, you're really into is the mind fuck and there's a lot of things that you can do to play with with someone these are things that you negotiate Beforehand, you let them know that some of this stuff is going to be on the table because you don't want to surprise your submissive and make them feel like you're deceiving them and they, they can't trust you. But when they know that that's something that you are going to do sometimes, it, you know, it throws you off guard and like you really don't know what's going to happen next. Like, I really like it when we're doing a scene and then for a while you you're going hard and heavy and then you step away for a second and then I don't know what's coming next. And it might be a couple of minutes before you come back and I don't know what implement you're going to have. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next, and I think that that adds to the experience quite a lot.
1: Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought that up, because that brings us to our next topic in corporal punishment, and that is that there's many forms of corporal punishment implements that can include hands, paddles, switches made from tree branches and belts. The use of one's hand can be effective, plus has the additional benefit of providing instant feedback from sensory perception for the dominant. In addition, the use of one's hand is more intimate than using a paddle or other implement. Paddles can vary in size, shape, materials, and weight. Paddles can be made from a variety of materials, including wood, steel, Leather, fiberglass, and hard plastic. But it should be as material that won't break easily. Mm-hmm. Switches can be made from any strong tree or large shrub. But usually birch and willow are favored by many people. Mm-hmm. Leather belts are a handy implement that is commonly used for corporal punishment. In times past, not that long ago... The use of razor straps were used, and they can be really vicious. (laughs) I'd like to take a little station break for a minute and do a little review. Tonight we're talking about corporal punishment and how it can really bring a variety of sensations and amazing experiences for your submissive. For me, just the smack of a paddle just gets my sadistic side <laughs> going. <laughs> I'm getting a little hard thinking about it. <laughs> but we've covered some safety issues and about negotiating the scene, how to strike the body, and where to strike it. And we've kind of covered some general guidelines, especially on the psychological level of dominance. I'd like to remind people that if you enjoy this show and get something really good out of it, consider becoming a sponsor of our show. I have a Patreon page, which you can go to and sign up to support the show on a monthly basis. And that the location of the page is patreon.com forward slash LadyboyGG. Consider signing up. You can sign up for as little as $1 a month, $10 a month, or $500 a month. (laughs) Any amount would be very much appreciated. We'll continue. Um, We haven't talked about role play yet with corporal punishment, Mm -hmm. but corporal punishment really opens the door to a variety of role play scenarios that are great to play in combination with corporal punishment. Some examples include the following. Parent-child, where the child's been bad. A teacher or headmaster, and the pupil that got caught cheating. (laughs) A priest or nun with a child or student. Or a boss and a secretary who didn't take good shorthand. (laughs) Many authority figures can be used for corporal punishment play. Another good source for corporal punishment scenes is to explore the submissive's childhood experiences for instances when they were punished. What were the circumstances? What bad behaviors were they caught, engaged in performing? By examining past experiences, Corporal punishment can take on a realistic meaning and with creativity can be used to create some really intense scenes. By adding a touch of realism to the scene, the submissive will have an experience that has a deeper impact than a scene that's arbitrarily scripted. Many children play sexual exploration games, for example, playing doctor some children get caught fondling themselves or other children. To add a psychosexual element to the scene, explore whether your submissive ever got caught and punished for childhood sexual explorations. (laughs) This can add some additional elements to a spanking role-playing scene. Even if your submissive was never given spankings as a child, you can design many scenes with a bit of imagination. One role-playing activity that I've utilized is to have your submissive play a childhood game, but add a kinky twist to the game. Many childhood games are great for this. Everything from pin the tail on the donkey, musical chairs, truth or dare, spin the bottle, all these can be adapted with a kinky twist. As the submissive plays the game, each mistake can be counted as a punishment earned. After the game, spankings are delivered for each transgression. (laughs) Oftentimes, I like to invoke the inner child within the submissive.
2: Oh, I know you do.
1: Uh, I think it kind of adds a whole other dimension to BDSM play. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it kind of, I mean, just think of it. We call it role-playing. We call it BDSM play scenes. Think about the word play. We're invoking that inner child. And that can be a very powerful part of role-play, as well as a spanking scene. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because in the modern world that we live in, a lot of times, adults, children are encouraged to have an imagination and to play games of imagination. But really, in adulthood, we don't get a lot of opportunities to use our imagination. And role play is really one of the few areas that adults engage in regularly that really invokes that imagination that was so abundant in childhood. Mm -hmm. And I think
1: oftentimes in adult life, we've got jobs to go to. We've got such serious lives. And Mm -hmm. to take some time out to play can be an amazing way to reduce stress and tension and to have some fun. Mm -hmm. I think next I'd like to talk a little bit about disciplinary action as a part of corporal punishment. And it's great to use when your submissive has disobeyed your orders or has committed transgressions in their service. As a dominant, you may want to have a selection of paddles ranging from light impact to heavy impact. In this way, you can provide light punishments for small infractions and more severe punishments for the major transgressions, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I love. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A large drawing pad can be used to keep track of the number of punishments the submissive has earned over time. By using a score sheet, it provides the submissive with a visual reminder of their bad behavior. Have you been a bad boy or girl? Have them write down the offense. In the severity level of the punishment for that offense. By having the submissive write their offenses, and the punishment that they will receive, and seeing it on the display will keep them focused on their bad behavior, as well as setting a sense of dreaded anticipation as they await their punishment. And often, building that anticipation can make the actual punishment even more sweeter <laughs> corporal punishment can be the punishment of choice when you are training your submissive a lecture preceding the punishment which includes why they're getting punished and what your submissive has done wrong will help in the process to drive that lesson home it makes a good structure for the training session <laughs> Any thoughts along the line of disciplinary actions?
2: I, I think one of the things that, that you pointed out that really struck me is when you were talking about using a drawing pad or some, some other method of keeping track of how many punishments a, a submissive is to get and what those punishments are, I think that's very important because that makes it feel like it's not it's not arbitrary They know what they've done, they know what they've deserved It helps to feel like this is something that you've earned instead of something that is just arbitrarily happening to you, and I think that's helpful for a lot of people,
1: oh yeah, some instances, the opposite can be true mm-hmm. I sometimes enjoy punishing a submissive just for the joy of giving them a good punishment where they haven't done anything wrong. I know. And that can be a whole different perspective for the submissive. It's like, well, I earned some of my punishments and then I get some just as a whimsical part of my dominant.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I, I, I like that too. Uh, but I know that, you know, people are different. and Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, that's where knowing your submissive really comes into play.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk a little bit about specialty paddles. I mean, we've talked mainly about corporal punishment, but there are some other types of paddles you can come up with. There's a variety of specialty paddles that you may want to add to your p- paddle collection. Examples include a wooden hand slapper that straps onto your hands, a ball paddle, mm-hmm. a vulva paddle, and leather slappers, <laughs> to mention a few. Mm-hmm.
2: I know you really favor the, the ball paddle.
1: Oh, yes. And uh, also enjoy the wooden hand slappers, too.
2: Oh, I know you
1: They're great to use, especially when you're giving a prolonged spanking and using your hand. It provides a buffer for the dominant to spare their hands when spanking session is prolonged for a long time. At the same time, the wooden hand slapper adds intensity to the spanking too and can be utilized. When you have a very disobedient boy that needs to learn a lesson, A ball paddle is effective in punishing the testicles. Start light and work up the intensity. Watch your submissive's reactions to each slap with the ball paddle. It does not take much force to have him squirming and reflexively jerking with each swat. Remember that the testicles are very sensitive and never strike them hard enough to cause tissue damage. And it doesn't take a whole lot to really get a, a boy dancing in pain. <laughs> For really bad girls, a vulva paddle can be used to spank the pelvis area above the pubic bone, the labia, and the clitoral area. When spanking, the labia and the clitoral area start very light and slowly build up the intensity. It really doesn't take much. And this is what I call that time when you want to be a lazy dom. You don't want to do a lot of hard whack-whack. And you can just go tap, 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 and get amazing results (laughs) to feed your sadistic side. And when you're doing a long scene, I like the luxury of just tapping my submissive into pure torment.
2: Oh, I know you do. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) To make a ball paddle or vulva paddle, there's a really good, cheap way to do it. A wooden paint stir stick supplied by your paint store works really great. You do want to sand it down and then put a waterproof finish on the ball paddle or the vulva paddle. You can get unfinished stir sticks from most paint stores. Be sure to sand it smooth and give it a finished coat of marine varnish or high-gloss outdoor paint. A leather slapper can be used on sensitive areas of the body. The bottom of the feet, the pelvis above the pubic bone, the palms of the hand. These are areas that are a little more sensitive than the butt. As stated above, start with very light slaps and slowly intensify the spanking. It does not take much force to inflict pain in these areas of the body. (laughs) By punishing the genital area, you're adding erotic energy to your punishment. With the addition of erotic energy, many submissives will endure longer play sessions and often will hold up to more intense punishments. There's something about just that erotic element added to the pain that makes it amazing. <laughs> but any thoughts?
2: Yeah, like I said earlier, I, you, you really do like the, the ball paddle a lot, and some of the thoughts with the ball paddle that I've heard you talk about, and I've had you do with me is one of the things that you want to avoid when you're using the ball paddle is uh, striking the balls when there's something hard behind the balls. Normally, it's best to just let them dangle and hit them and let them go back and forth as they, they naturally do. And uh, you can use it on the balls. You can also use it all along the penis. The head of the cock works very, very well. Very, very effective. Uh, for me, uh, the area right where my, my pubic hair is and right above my pubic hair is another very, very sensitive place. And a, a lot of times you, uh, you kind of move back and forth between using the ball paddle and then using your hands to like either squeeze or pull or stretch my balls which is very effective as well and that's one of the things with these tools is you can use them in tandem with each other and there's so many different ways that you you can 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 play, and you play with it long enough, you learn your own style, and it's it's really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want to add that not only can you use your hands, but fingernails can be awesome, especially on flesh that you've reddened up a little bit, and it's a little extra sensitive, just lightly scratching that reddened flesh can... I've actually had submissives shiver involuntarily from that little light scratch.
2: I know you've even used your toenails on me.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts about corporal punishment?
2: It It's really interesting because there's, like I was saying, there's just so many different things that you can do. So you can constantly change it and you'll never get bored and when you first start with corporal punishment your really intense level starts at one plateau but after doing it for a while you find that you can handle more and more and more and with an experienced dom who knows what they're doing who knows how to keep on pushing the bar a little bit without doing actual physical harm, there's just almost no end to the levels that you can go. It's totally incredible.
1: And I'd like to ask you this, because I know you've experienced it. What is your relationship now with pain as what it was before you started doing sessions with me?
2: Well, my relationship with pain is very, very different because one of the things you focus on a lot is not fighting the pain and embracing the pain and using it as a transformative tool to change your life. And when I first got into PDSM, I was in it just for the endorphins. And don't get me wrong, the endorphins are great. They are really wonderful. But I always was seeking for the maximum like endorphin rush with the least amount of pain. And now I really actively look forward to the pain because I know that it's in that pain that I can grow.
1: And I think for me, when I get into deep, intense scenes as a submissive. One of the things I found that pain does for me is it it's a type of purification. It's a kind of washing of my spiritual self, a cleansing. And it strikes deep into your core and just all that angst and all the pressures and all the things of yucky stuff of life, gets kind of washed away Mm -hmm. at that psychic level. And so pain can be this very powerful cleansing and purification of the psyche. And that's one of the things that's done for me is taken away some of the, how can I put it, some of the abuse I went through as a child, Mm -hmm. which seems almost paradoxical. Here I'm embracing pain from a sadist mm-hmm. to overcome abuse as a child but it's weird how bdsm often has many paradoxes it's a very powerful transformation tool to embrace the pain and breathe it in
2: mm-hmm. one of the the big differences between the two is that in bdsm you are a choice and that makes all of the difference in the world.
1: Oh, yeah. And as a submissive, I have safe words. As a child, there were no safe words mm-hmm. and there were no take backs. <laughs> you got it and you had to live with it. But as a submissive, it empowered the inner child because for the first time in my life, I could stop the scene with one word. Or I could ease it off with one word, another word, Mm -hmm. that being red or yellow. (laughs) Well, I'd like to kind of summarize our show tonight. Has your submissive been a bad boy or girl? Is it time for them to learn their lesson and learn it well? Corporal punishment, along with a stern lecture, Portraying the submissive's offense and their offensive behaviors is a great play activity. Many elements can be added to the scene, which can intensify the play. Lectures, score sheets, erotic elements, and a broad range of implements will improve the dominance authority, as well as adding intensity to the scene. I do enjoy ordering a submissive to drop their pants, to bend them over my lap, and see their naked ass redden as I give them a spanking. My sadistic side is fully satiated with the infliction of a good spanking. As the submissive squirms in torment from each swat, I feel pleasure from my dominant nature fact, it gives me a raging hard-on. Besides all this, a bare-bottom spanking is sexy, and I love the results of a reddened ass radiating not only heat, but also shame in my submissive, especially when I spank a girl. To have my leg become wet from her pussy after a good hard spanking is so delicious. <laughs> Any last
2: thoughts? So to to close, I I would I would say that corporal punishment is a very, very effective tool to really change your behavior. and it it, it empowers you to be able to harness something that on the surface seems negative and use its power to completely change your life for the better and going through it, you realize there's really nothing negative about it at all, even though it might appear that way.
1: Mm-hmm. She were talking a thought came up. One of the things I like to do with my submissive is even during the punishment, I will often reinforce their bad behaviors and reinforce better behaviors as I punish them. There's something about messaging when they are deep in pain and they are aware of their bodies at a heightened level that the message goes a little deeper. (laughs) Plus, it's just so satisfying to Ah, uh, just spank us submissive and watch them squirm in torment. It's just does something good for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I know that we've got a question that came in.
2: While I'm pulling up the question, why don't you let our listeners know where they can send their questions in the future if they. Yeah, you can either.
1: Go on iTunes and leave a comment, and in the comment, ask your question. Or if you'd like a less public format, you can email us at admin at ravenslayerleather.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at R-A-V-E-N-S-L-A-I-R-L-E-A-T-H-E-R dot com.
2: Okay, so I pulled up the question. Dear Adult Bedtime Stories, I've got a question and I don't know who else to ask. I'm gay and I grew up in a really religious household in a conservative town. I just started college in a city very far from my hometown and the freedom to be myself is really great, but I still feel ashamed sometimes of who I am and it makes it it, and it makes me completely unconfident when I try to fr- flirt with other guys. How do I overcome all the years of negative reinforcement about homosexuality?
1: I think one of the more powerful tools is to work on breaking the taboos. Homosexuality is a big taboo, especially in religious circles. By getting accurate information about the taboo, and learning all you need to learn, and giving the taboo your own personal name for it. I know in the radical fairy movement, many of the radical fairies took on the derogatory names. They said, yes, I'm a faggot, I'm a fairy, (laughs) get over it. (laughs) Owning the name is very powerful. Also, part of the process of breaking taboos is naming and reclaiming, reclaiming your rights for sexual fulfillment. We live in a sex-negative culture that teaches us, for the most part, no to sex. Sex is sinful. Sex is bad. One of the things that I've done in my life is to adopt the opposite attitude. And using daily affirmations, I see now sex not as a sinful act, but as a very sacred act. Something that's very spiritual and very meaningful. I mean, think about it. When we have an orgasm, we are becoming more like the gods and the goddesses. We're entering into a higher state of consciousness. We're aware of the moment we're fully present with our partner. And how can you get much more sacred than that? Raven Slayer website. I do have some training videos on breaking taboos, doing morning affirmations, and raising good sexual energy. And so check them out. And I've done shows in the past on these topics. So listen to some of the shows and do the ritual that I put in Breaking Taboo. Take a walk on the pathway of psychosexual darkness. It gives a whole wide range of taboos and some of the factual information about the taboo. And then at the end of the ritual is the realm of transformation. And so walk the path, do the exercise, it can be very transformative. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts?
2: Yes. Um, what I would say is that it is important to build a support base. It sounds like you didn't have a very strong support base that recognized you as who you were back home. You know, you may have had a family that supported you in other ways, but it sounds like they wouldn't support you in that way. And I would say build a support base. Meet people, m- meet friends, and make friends first, and don't necessarily try to jump out there all at once, and talk with your friends about it. Talk with your friends about how you're feeling about yourself. And
1: and also, most colleges have GLBT groups. Exactly. And so join one of the GLBT groups at the college. They can be very supportive and provide you with a lot of new information, factual information, on what it means to be gay, bisexual, transgendered, or even straight but not narrow.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing that I'm sure that you will find as you continue with university is that you're not the only person in this boat. Unfortunately, a lot of people grow up in religious conservative households and grow up being sheltered from the real world. And as you meet other people who are in the same boat as you, and learn that you're not alone, it can help you build confidence in yourself. And it's something that you should take, you know, one step at a time. Don't feel bad for not being all the way where you want to be. Yeah,
1: and another great resource is PFLAG. It's parents of... I forget exactly what the acronym stands for. It's parents, it's
2: parents family, and friends of... Gays and lesbians. Gays and... Or lesbians and gays. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: get in touch with PFLAG. They also have excellent information on how to come out to people and how to work with people about your sexual orientation.
2: But the main thing I want you to know is that there is nothing wrong with you, that you are perfectly fine the way that you are, and you are worthy of love. Mm -hmm. I think
1: for many bisexuals out there, especially bisexual males, it can be even harder because oftentimes... You don't get the support in some of the gay communities for being bisexual. And so contact Binet USA. Mm -hmm. That's a great resource if you're bisexual. And I thought it would be good to throw that in just Mm because there are a lot of people that are now identifying as bisexual. Yeah. And it can be difficult as a bisexual. It can. I mean, I've had more... Gaze and tell me, oh, just make up your mind. Get off the fence. <laughs> no, I have made up my mind. I'm totally bisexual.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, on that note, we come to the end of another adventure on adult bedtime stories. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics.